0: Hello, faithful listeners. Welcome to The Neighbor Next Door.
1: Before we start uh, our episode today, we have a special request from those of you who've found this podcast helpful or if you just listened to it and didn't find it helpful, (laughs) but you care about us as people. We are doing a little fundraising campaign and, you know, the podcast does take some resources to, to make happen. And so uh, we're asking any podcast listeners who are willing to go to neighboringmovement.org slash donate and mark that you are giving because you are a podcast listener so that we know that that's where it's coming from.
0: Mm. Matt's that's... got nothing to offer. Well, no, I was just thinking how much I wish that we could get Guy Raz. To say oh, what you just
1: said, I know, because he's
0: the pro, right? Oh, let me try. Okay, do a Guy Raz impersonation.
1: <clears throat> Hi, I'm Guy Ross and I just want you to know that public radio comes from viewers like you. Does that viewers?
0: Well, yeah. Ah, I mean, that was ah, good. Ah, it was good. Not to viewers, viewers. Not viewers. Listeners. listeners, listeners. That's right. Listeners That's right. like
1: you. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> Neighboringmovement.org/slash/donate. We really appreciate your help. All right. And now on to the episode. That's right. Banjo. Q banjo.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast where we talk about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and I am joined once again on the front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow Thompson.
1: Good morning, everyone. I guess I don't know that it's morning for you. It's morning for us. It is morning. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're that's having where coffee, my head's at.
0: Coffee on the front porch. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so, Matt, what are we doing on the podcast today?
0: All right. Well, today we're going to do a little deep dive, uh-huh. uh, and you and I are going to unpack a concept that can be uh, a little bit challenging for people to wrap their minds around, but mm-hmm. it is really important. It, it helps us understand the importance of neighboring. Yes, it does. So, let's and get that started. that
1: concept is baked goods. <laughs> yes. No.
0: No, that wasn't it? That's not it. Okay. Not it. You want to <laughs> okay. guess again?
1: Um, let me guess. It's the term that means everything and nothing. <laughs> it's
0: <right>. social capital. <laughs> That's right. Social capital. I know. So if you're like us, the first time we heard social capital, we were like, huh? What? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're going to try and tell uh, uh, several stories in this episode because social capital sounds weird, but it's actually really practical and applicable.
1: Well, Uh, we make it practical and applicable because we are not great at theoretical. (laughs) So so we've (laughs) got to keep it practical or we we don't understand it otherwise. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. All right. So give us a story of what that might look like in real life. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to tell a story. Uh, about our neighbor Fred, um, who
1: this season's
0: dedicated to. That's right. All of season two is dedicated to Fred. He he passed away uh, in May. But Fred was uh, a man with a lot of social capital. And this story, I think, illustrates it so well. He had a riding lawnmower that he loved and uh, the wheel bearing went out. On his lawnmower, and he was a fix-it kind of guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. was in his 80s, and he just, you know, you just fix things yourself. Yeah,
1: because if if I had something like that, I'd be like, well, that's done. Throw it away.
0: <laughs> you would the entire riding lawnmower would <laughs> yeah. just go into your dumpster. <laughs> <That's> really... <laughs> but not Fred. He fixed stuff, and so he went like to Sears and J.C. Penney's looking for. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah. <laughs>
1: Who goes to JC looking for wheel bearings?
0: Well, I, they have the crap they have a tool section, don't they? I don't know. Okay. Only I mean, Fred would think of that uh, though. Yes, like yes. I would never think of that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he it went was. to hardware stores. He too. definitely went to hardware stores and and everywhere it was like seventy-five bucks to buy just the wheel bearing. Right. That he would go in and he would have to, you know, he would replace. And he was like, Man, I don't know. I don't want to spend that much money. And he kept looking, but He also went down the street and talked to our neighbor, Craig, who is a mechanic, a a jack of all trades who fixes everything. And he was like, Craig, I'm so frustrated. Everywhere I'm looking, like these wheel bearings cost 75 bucks. And Craig said, oh man, don't go there. Mm -hmm. You need to go to Harbor Freight. Mm -hmm. He said, Harbor Freight, you'll buy not only the wheel bearing, but the entire wheel assembly and tire comes in a package. And it's like, 15 bucks, Right. And so Fred was like, awesome. So he went. It was true. He found them exactly as Craig described. Super cheap. In fact, he bought not only one, but two. Still only paid half as much. Right. Came home, fixed it himself, and had a spare ready <laughs> to go because Fred was awesome.
1: Because Fred always has a spare of everything. He does.
0: Sp- spare ladder, spare drill. Spare crockpots. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. He got everything. So... That is an example of social capital. It's about relationships mm-hmm. and the value of those relationships.
1: Which uh, in this case can actually be like you can get to an actual number, dollar right. amount. That's right. In this what case, it's,
0: like. what, 55 bucks right. that he saved or, or yeah. 60, yeah, 50 bucks.
1: <laughs> so math is not maybe this. Crisper, could, could you just edit that part out and just put in the right number, whatever it is? <laughs> That's okay. one one good story yes. of, of social capital. Yeah.
0: So we wanted to give you something to picture because now Adam's gonna lay Ooh. a definition of yeah. social capital on you. So
1: I- so there's a guy named Robert Putman who wrote a book called Bowling Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody anybody who writes about or talks about social capital is going to mention bowling alone. And it's an interesting title, actually, I mean, I think, because it's it's very like there's a certain image That comes with it the cover of the book is a guy literally at a bowling alley (laughs) by himself yeah and it's this stark contrast of like how we spend more time alone without relationship versus what happens when we are in relationship so putman defines it social capital and if you go to bowlingalone.com you can find this yourself as well Um, but he says the central premise of social capital is the social networks have value and then he points to two kind of ways that we're going to The two things we're going to look for to kind of talk about when social capital is happening. So social capital refers to the collective value of all social networks, which is who people know and the inclinations that arise from these networks to do things for each other, which he calls the norms of reciprocity. Because that's a term people use often and they understand.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: I'm just wondering. I go up to my neighbor's, you know, door, knock on their door. I'm looking to establish some norms of reciprocity. Do you have any milk?
0: (laughs) Slam the door in your face. (laughs) This is is the thing
1: about Putman. He is a genius, Mm -hmm. but he also writes like a genius. Yes. He doesn't write for the common folk. No, it's not. a. The book is like thousand pages long and the whole thing reads like that. So it's hard, like people use this term a lot, but not, people don't usually know, like the definition's a little shifty.
0: It's a little shifty. And yeah. And I mean, we say people use it a lot. People in our circles use it.
1: Right. Social scientists, people who need to write grants. Yes.
0: Yeah. So what I would say right here is The the advantage of using the term social capital Mm -hmm. is that oftentimes when we think about making communities stronger, we think of financial capital. Right. We think like, well, if you want to make a community stronger, you need to get more money into the community. And what Putnam is playing with here is this idea that there are other types of capital. Maybe even more important. As it turns out, yes, that, that there are more than money. The value of relationships mm-hmm. and reciprocity. So you named, you named these two components. There's I guess two we components. should. We so, should maybe... so really,
1: if, if I was to say these things in my own, you know, yeah, my own very clear, concise language, <laughs> <laughs> then I would say it's really about being able to give and receive from a network of people who you know. Yeah, so maybe that's your neighbors, coworkers, friends, family, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this—it's the give and take that happens there, and that the that there's value in that, yeah. both financial value, but also other forms of value as well.
0: You're not going to successfully reduce crime in a community mm-hmm. if there's no social capital or right. low social capital because right what you need is first you need strong relationships in that community right and then you do other things on top of that that help address crime
1: yeah so <coughs> one of the reasons we thought we wanted to do an episode on social capital is because it is one of the like main arguments of why we tell people they should be good neighbors mm-hmm And ultimately, neighboring, whenever you're out there, like working on doing one of the neighboring tips or trying to meet your neighbors, you are intentionally or unintentionally Mm -hmm. creating social capital at the same time. And so we use social capital in that sense. And we try to describe it. We have kind of a fun way of describing it that I think, I mean, you know, not to brag, but I think is better. Than the way that most of the academic folks go about it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. What was that sound, Matt? <laughs> Adam, that sound <laughs> was the sound of jenga blocks. That's right. So. My wife, Catherine, who is a teaching genius. She's a great educator. Yeah. So gifted at helping people understand things. Mm-hmm. When we first learned about social capital, she said, oh, my gosh, we should develop social capital Jenga. Right. And so, Adam, help help describe to our listeners because mm-hmm. uh, Jenga was big in the '90s. <laughs> I don't know if it's as big now as
1: it used People to be. People know Jenga is, I think. Yeah. But
0: I'll describe to you
1: what is in front of us. We actually have it sitting out in front of us right now. And so, Jenga is the game made up of many different blocks, and they're stacked. You know, there's three blocks at the bottom, and then there's three blocks on top of it, going in the opposite direction, and then that goes up, building a tower. And in social capital, Jenga. Each of the blocks is painted a different color, mm-hmm. and the colors matter because they are tied to different things that either contribute to social capital or work against social capital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we, we bring this game, we have a, both small version and a large version, mm-hmm. and we bring it to, often to our trainings and have people play this game. Yes.
0: Yeah. And the way the game works is that you draw a card, and on the card, it has a situation, something happens in the community, Mm -hmm. and then you have to take a step based on what the action was. So,
1: you know, we we bring people up, we give them a card, and then they have to read the card, and the card will tell them which color they have to remove from the social capital Jenga. Mm -hmm. We should say that the base of the Jenga game is made up of more of the things that are healthy Uh, healthy and and create social capital so think of the base the kind of bottom four or five layers of it Mm -hmm. as kind of the foundation of your neighborhood Mm -hmm. that is built on these really important blocks which what are some of those categories
0: so some of those categories would be like there's green blocks that are economic development there are blue blocks that's personal health Um, There's brown blocks that represent neighborhood safety, yellow blocks that represent environment, and pink blocks that represent trust. Right. Now, then some of the negative blocks would include purple blocks, which represent greed. Yeah. uh, Red blocks that represent scarcity. Uh, black blocks that represent individualism. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't always think of individualism as being negative.
1: Right. But, but in the sense of whether or not you're building social capital, yeah. it, it doesn't help.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, and the last one uh, is orange blocks, and those represent mobility. Another one. Yeah. That's another like, I thought that was good. I thought that was good. And by mobility, we mean the ability to leave your community or leave your neighborhood, right? right. So, um, and then and the examples that we use, they're, it's not long-term leaving, it's not like moving away. Yeah. It's more like getting away for weekends. Right. And that kind of I'm stuff.
1: not, I'm never, I, I sleep here, but I don't really do much else. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's actually one of the examples. So that is. we met a college student who lived in our neighborhood one time. Uh, he was just out of college and I knew him and I was like, oh, I didn't know you live in our neighborhood. And he said, yeah, well, I'm renting this apartment. He said, but, I mean, all I ever do is sleep in the apartment. Like, I'm never here right. because I'm off, you know, mountain climbing and hiking and camping. <laughs> I mean, he was a cool dude, right? But if you're only renting an apartment to sleep right. in it, you're you're not strengthening the social capital.
1: And we should say you're not strengthening the social capital of that neighborhood, right? Right. Like, he might be building social capital with his rock climbing Team or mm-hmm. crew mm-hmm. but right. as far as like neighborhood and neighboring yes. it's not
0: happening it's it's weakened yeah so so here's an example you might be standing in line uh, standing in the circle you would draw this card during a power outage one affluent household goes to a hotel instead of sharing their neighbor's generator <laughs> add one black individualism block to the top of the pile and let's just
1: like let's just go ahead and say like where we got these examples from <laughs> at this point.
0: <laughs> where did
1: this example come
0: from, Adam? It was
1: from my family. <laughs> and we weren't the people with the generator. We were the people who were like the power's out. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> so what happened is we left. We left we cuz our we had a big tree that went down in our backyard. We left because we were like, well, you know, when we have money, we just need to get out of here and charge our phones so we can call somebody to take care of it Mm -hmm. by the time we got back to our house our neighbors had already chopped up all the wood and cleared our driveway for us so that we were ready to go
0: So no shame, and maybe that's something we need to say as we talk as about... As you shame me? Yes, me. as yeah, I'm... Okay. Now that I've shamed Adam, <laughs> but you, dear listener, don't feel shamed. That's because right. our, our culture yeah. is set up <clears throat> to d- actually diminish social capital. And that's why Putnam's work is so groundbreaking. Yes, it, it's...
1: The culture is asking me in that moment to think of myself as a consumer, not as a citizen. and And what's happening there then is like, as a consumer the way that I fix that problem of my power out and a tree down in my driveway is I go spend money
0: mm-hmm. to fix mm-hmm. it.
1: Yes, yeah. And I go find professionals who can come in and fix my problems mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a dollar amount versus social capital where I have neighbors who I've built relationship with that are I can ask for help from and yeah. then they come over and take care of it. And there's actually no... In that example, there wasn't any exchange of money mm-hmm. other than I got to keep my money. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I would have thought that through, but yeah. yeah,
0: <laughs> Which is, yeah. I mean, but that's an interesting aspect of all of this work is like yeah. shifting our thinking from the idea that money produces happiness, right? Like right. I have to have enough money to be able to pay for every emergency that comes up so that I can be happy. Shifting away from that to saying, yeah. I need to have strong relationships with my neighbors, because actually, greater joy mm-hmm. comes through, and happiness comes through those relationships.
1: And we don't quali- like we don't give relationships the same quality of value that we do money, which is stupid because it's not accurate to the way the world works. Right. So we were just were I just was working with a nonprofit that does um, they work with families who are experiencing homelessness. And the woman who's the executive director there said, People in our program don't run out of money. They run out of relationships. Mm. Because anybody who has a good network of relationships doesn't end up homeless. Yes. They end up at someone else's house.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they
1: go right. stay at their aunt and uncle or at their neighbor or whatever. But if you're actually on the streets, it's because you ran out of relationships. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. That's eye opening.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's a little bit about Social Capital Jenga.
0: You know, we we haven't done any remove. Yeah, let's do gloves. some of the negative. How do how those get removed? Um, okay. Oh, here's a bit of a burn. Mm-hmm. So, a church pays utility bills for folks in need instead of hiring them based on their skills. I remove mean, two green economic development blocks.
1: Yeah. This is a burn that we've got pushback on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because when we read this with a group of church people which we often are training within church settings. Mm-hmm. Church people are like, "Yeah, but I can't hire neighbors." Because <laughs> our policy,
0: <laughs> right. that's right. Our that's policy
1: right. says we we have to get 3 bids and they have to be certified in a certain way and they have to whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. that's what the institution does is it builds up barriers to keeping money going to professionals instead of to actual neighbors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you can find a way to creatively say, wow, I get it that you need to pay your utility bill. Can I pay you for a skill that you mm-hmm. have um, that would be a benefit to my community and also get you the money that you need to pay your utilities? Like right. you're building a relationship. Right. You're honoring the gifts of the person. And you're still addressing the problem. Yeah. I mean, the problem is real. Like Yeah. And it's
1: it, we should say, like, there's a difference here in, like, the person who comes in, like we have this at our office, we have people come in and be like, "Can I just rake your yard for two bucks?" Right. And that's not a we're not discovering their giftedness and then in, and then using the giftedness in a way that's helpful in that setting. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody who needs some money, and we usually don't actually say yes to that because it's it's really more of a needs based re- like interaction. Right. Versus right. I discovered a person in my neighborhood, I know their skill, and now I'm going to. Use my financial means to pay for their skill mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a little bit of a different thing there. That's
0: right. What's another?
1: What's another remove from the
0: jingle? <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another church one. <clears throat> kind of church. Jerry, the street corner evangelist, walks <laughs> around the neighborhood each day and tells neighbors they are going to hell if they don't change. Yeah. Remove one
1: pink trust block oh God yeah I, can we just insert that sound of the blocks tumbling again right there <laughs> the whole neighborhood's <laughs> falling down so we have this guy at our neighborhood who go he walks his dog and if you are unfortunate enough to be outside when he's outside he will stop you and tell you that you're you know he'll bring up that you're going to hell if you don't know Jesus in a mm-hmm. certain way mm-hmm. which by the way most of the people on our block would say that they are
0: believe in god right but and then he tells them they believe in the wrong way right it's really strange it's so annoying yeah yeah and he's super i mean he's he's really mean about it like there's a right. woman that we know very very kind and she you know struck up a conversation with him and the conversation call, it concluded with him standing across the street yelling at her mm-hmm. that her beliefs were all wrong and she's going to go to hell right um he's a really extreme example but
1: yeah it makes me think of a good uh another episode that we've done that we should reference here oh yeah it's the elaine heath episode
0: true yes and so if
1: you want to know like the difference between what evangelism might be in a healthy way versus what it's not Mm -hmm. go back to that elaine heath episode and we're not against evangelism but we have a very different understanding of what it means yeah yeah closing then, there's a little paragraph I think we should read from Peter Block.
0: Yeah. So Putnam did some extensive research in many Italian towns, was actually where he was looking uh, at, the, at the impact of social capital. And what he discovered was that things that we often think make communities stronger, did not. So here's the list, uh, and this is Peter Block saying this, Geography, history, great leadership, fine programs, economic advantage, and any other factors that we traditionally use to explain success actually made a marginal difference in the health of a community. It's crazy. It is crazy.
1: Because that's the thing that everybody pays attention to first, and like policies set on those things. That's right. All this money is poured into those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. So instead, community well-being... Was the determinant. It simply had to do with the quality of the relationships and the cohesion that existed among its citizens. So in all these towns, that's what made them strong was mm-hmm. the, the quality of the relationships and not all these other things. Right.
1: Crazy. So from that, as, you, as you're thinking about these <laughs> concepts, if, if it feels too heady for you or it feels like wow, that was a lot of like theory and academia kind of stuff, mm-hmm. don't worry. Because all you really need to do is stop listening to this podcast <laughs> and go and be a good
0: neighbor. That's right. And I, and I would really challenge you. Um, I know that one of our neighboring tips from season one mm-hmm. was the practice of borrowing. Mm-hmm. I would really push you that direction. Take the risk. But I, I hope that like hearing all of this about social capital and how important it is makes it easier to say, okay, this is worth it. It's worth it for me to go ex- acknowledge one of my needs, borrow something from a neighbor and see what happens. And know that it's a slow process. It's not going to transform your neighborhood overnight. Right. But it will with time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's transformed our neighborhood in, in not a like unreasonable amount of time. No. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, 5-6 years.
1: Right. Mhm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, You've done it again, listener. Somebody just called us the click and clack of good neighboring. (laughs) Yes. And they always end their episode.
0: Well, you've done it again. You've wasted a perfectly good hour. (laughs) Listening to us. (laughs) Two goofballs on the front porch. (laughs) Yeah. Don't neighbor like my brother.
1: (laughs) Well, if you do want to know more about our work or... um, give Christopher a comment about what he should have cut out of this episode please go to our website neighboringmovement.org you can find all the neighboring tips there you can learn all the places you can subscribe to our wonderful podcast and we'll be back soon with
0: another fascinating episode that's right thanks for listening and happy neighboring
1: happy neighboring